Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. I'm A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native and the father of the effortless English system that trains you, that teaches you, that helps you speak English fluently. You speak English powerfully. You speak English effortlessly when you join, when you commit to my VIP program, effortlessenglishclub.com. Go there, effortlessenglishclub.com. Commit, don't quit, at effortlessenglishclub.com. Welcome, live show today, and we have an interview, a great interview. Anthony Arvanitakis, I think I'm pronouncing his last name right. Um, hopefully, close enough. Uh, Anthony Arvanitakis is an expert on um, homemade muscle, is the name of his uh, website, but basically home workouts, like building strength and building muscle and having a great physique, whether it's bodybuilding or fitness or just pure strength, using body weight or home exercises. So no gyms. He's got an amazing story, which I'll let him tell his own story. But he's got a great story of how he got into this. And uh, I've got his book. His book, um, I think he's got a few books now probably, but uh, the, the book that I have is called Homemade Muscle. That's also his website, which you can see on the screen if you're watching on video, homemademuscle.com, homemademuscle.com. He's got some really great um, training uh, ideas and methods for building strength and muscle and just overall great fitness at home. No money, just at home with home workouts, using mostly just your body, maybe a couple things like a pull-up bar, that's all. Um, you can see his picture online. You know, he's, he looks great. You know, he's a very muscular, strong guy. But anyway, let's just jump in. Uh, welcome everybody who's uh, here live. As usual, we'll, I'll try to get through the interview of my questions so that we can, at the end, you all can ask some questions live too. Um, so let's just, I'm just going to go ahead and call him now and we'll jump right in. Homemademuscle.com. You should check out his website, get his book. Uh, it, it's you can get a physical book or ebook. I've got the ebook, homemademuscle.com. It's got he's got workout plans in there. You know, very specific for beginner, for intermediate, and for advanced. So he tells you exactly which exercises to do, how many days a week. You know, everything. It's really good. All right, so I'm going to give him a call now, and we will get started. Your What's video up? is I'm... turned uh, sideways. Can you wait? I'll I'll fix that. <laughs> there you go. You're good. Okay. Great. Right. Welcome. And can you pronounce your last name? And make sure I got got it right. Yeah. So my last ma name is Arvanitakis. Arvanitakis. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome. 
I just gave Thank your you. introduction, but uh, you know, tell you what, why don't you just jump in with your story? You know, you're a body weight um, exercise expert, strength, uh, natural bodybuilding. I would also include, um, but just why don't you just jump in and tell us, uh, you know, what you do, and uh, you know, how did you get into doing this? Okay, so I'm a body weight coach. I started off mainly doing bodyweight stuff. Nowadays, I supplement it with some band stuff, some uh, slambo stuff, jumping ropes, things like that. My training method is, is pretty much minimalistic, so you know I don't use any heavy weights. But yeah, it's it's bodyweight based, I would say. Uh, the way I got started with that in uh, 2000. And three, uh, I had an accident, a motorcycle accident. My leg got pretty messed up. Um, fast forward after six years and 13 operations, trying to fix a really broken leg, destroyed leg. Uh, I ended having to amputate it. So uh, after my amputation, actually before my amputation, six months prior to that, I was still wearing casts and uh, I couldn't move a lot out of my house. Uh, I didn't have like a car and this and that. So. Uh, I wanted to get started training again. I wanted to get uh, strong again because I felt that getting stronger physically would help me mentally as well to move on to like a big uh, decision, which was my amputation. Uh, the reason uh, I had to amputate my leg is because I had to either settle with uh, a pretty sedentary life and a leg that was pretty sensitive because mm. um, it would heal now and then and it would break again. So I couldn't do like all the physical stuff that I love doing. And um, so I got started training again. I started feeling better again. I got all the confidence I needed to make that big decision. And uh, I had my amputation. I had uh, got a prosthetic leg. And since then, I haven't looked back. Uh, I can, I can nowadays, I can run, I can sprint, um, and I can do all the things that I do and be pretty active. So uh, in a nutshell, yeah, I would say that was, that's my story. You've got a pretty amazing uh, before and after pick in your uh, in your book and on your website as well. Of when you you know before you like after you guys been through all this ordeal, and you before you really started your uh, you know body weight exercise routine seriously, and then compare that to now, it's pretty amazing. The before yeah. and after. Can you can you talk about why like why did you decide on body weight why why not like just go to the gym and and i know you said you were stuck at home a little bit but any other reasons home and i like i, I didn't feel that confident to go to the gym i also was in a phase of my life that i i was a bit closed uh, to myself i didn't feel like socializing a, a lot so i started training at home and I just had like, I just started doing pull-ups off a door frame that I had in my house or like some old videos on my channel. People can find those. And I, then I started adding some push-ups and some re, re, pretty basic stuff. And I saw that I'm getting pretty, I'm looking, I'm starting to look pretty good again. So I saw like, what is the potential of this? How uh, far can you get just by doing body weight? Then I started training a bit outside as well and in parks. And after a certain point, like I didn't feel like going to the gym, you know, I, I went like a few times with friends and the whole environment for me was like too, too artificial, hmm. too, too limited to, you know, I, I prefer, I prefer training at home or at the parks, having my own music, um, having the people that I want to train with or training alone, whatever I felt like that, uh, the day that I trained. So for me, it was like a no brainer, like this is what I like to do. This is how I like to train. 
And I thought of why not sharing my story, see how other people uh, feel about this and um, just see how can I evolve this whole project? How can I build a community? I wrote a book about my story. Uh, people responded pretty well to it. I got really positive messages, uh, like people going through hard stuff as well. And they told me how it helped them. So I thought, okay, this is like what I like to do. And uh, I can use my story and uh, my what I went through to turn it into a positive thing and help people, and uh, also turn it into turn it into my job and uh, you know do something for work that I also love instead of doing like a a job that is meaningless to me because I did a lot of jobs on the side as well until like my online business picked up. And uh, yeah, for me, it was a no brainer. Like I really want to do what I love doing, which is this. And uh, the moment I'm ready to live on this, uh, I'm going to quit everything and just do uh, body weight muscle. It used to be homemade muscle. Now it's body weight muscle. I did a oh, little body weight muscle. Okay. Yeah. So because in the beginning it was just training at home and then it became a little broader than that. And is your website, your main website still homemademuscle.com or do you have another one? You, you it's bodyweight muscle, but if you go to homemade muscle as well, it will redirect like, redirect you to bodyweight muscles. So okay, okay, whatever. Right. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I've got homemade muscle on the screen, so all right, good enough. What What do you think the benefits are of uh, you know bodyweight exercise, working out at home in parks um, for most people? So you just kind of describe for yourself, but you know, relative to a gym, because I think a lot of people have this, uh, some of these feelings about gyms as well, especially people I think who are not in good shape. You know, like people are in great shape, now they go to the gym, maybe they show off a bit, but some, maybe someone's overweight or they're, they're weak and uh, they have kind of that same intimidation or other issues. So can you talk a little more about why you think body weight and working out at home is is great for most people? Yeah. So, first of all, I believe that why go lift weights when you haven't learned yet how to use your body? Um, like nowadays, I have like uh, the last two years, I, I moved back to my hometown in Greece. I live in northern Greece, really small town, a really beautiful town, Kastoria. Uh, so, I train a lot of people as well. Um, and I noticed that, especially the the next generation of kids, they they have no idea of how to move their body properly. Like mm. you make them, you put them do like an inverted row, which is like a pretty functional basic exercise. Yeah. And they they're not stable. They're losing their balance. You you have them do a squat, just bodyweight squat, and they're like leaning forward, and form is really bad and. You know, as kids, I don't know, like some basic movement patterns back in my time, in my generation, I'm not that old, but I was on the edge when the internet came here in Greece. So uh, I kind of, I had a little bit of more natural growing up, you know, not a lot of computers, being all, all day outside, playing in the neighborhood, just like scraping your knees and, you know, coming back at home with mud in your hands and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> But now I see like next generation of kids, they're pretty close in their homes, on their computers and, you know, like exploring the, the whole digital world as well is pretty good, but you need to balance that with some getting outside, some exposure to natural light and some movement. So I noticed that if you take these kids and you put them into a gym and you make them lift weights on a machine, like you, you're just going to make them worse. You're just going to... Uh, 
turn them into like this shape back there you can see ah, the guy in the computer yeah so you know you just turn them back and just really you you basically just promote their already bad posture that they have on their computer so uh i find it's best to start with body weight uh learn to do basic movement patterns learn how to use your weight to get stronger you know before you start bench pressing 100 kilos if you want to do that later on as well I mean, go on. Of course, it's not bad, but I definitely believe that the core of everyone's training should be body weight, or at least should start with body weight. Um, so, yeah, that's one one reason of why I strongly believe into body weight training. And the other reason is that you're you're not uh, you don't need a gym to train. You know, you can train anywhere, like you're on vacation or you're outside. You're it, as long as you have something to hang on, so you can do some pulling stuff, you can train in a really balanced way and you can train anytime, anywhere. You're not limited by the gym, gym hours. Uh, either you want to train alone or with friends, um, you can do it anywhere, anytime. So uh, these are like some of the reasons that I really believe in body weight training. Yeah, you know, that's one of the reasons I got into it. I travel a lot, or and especially before I was traveling much more. And uh, yeah, I can just do it in a hotel room. I don't have to f try to hunt down a yeah. gym as I'm moving around. It's uh, great. What about the, you know, there's kind of a um, maybe a, a misconception that body weight is that you really can't get very strong with that, right? Yeah. That, oh, push-ups, how can you get, okay, you know, you'll get a little strong, but... Um, Obviously, that's not true, but uh, can you talk a little bit more about that and how you use bodyweight exercises to progress to greater and greater strength? Yeah, so in the beginning, I was also pretty curious about like how far can you get with bodyweight training because the three main mechanisms of hypertrophy, of building muscle, getting big, are uh, mechanical tension, like that's the tension, uh, the weight that you're using when you're doing bodyweight, that's your own weight, uh, and or basically the, per the percentage of the weight you're doing depending on your the levers on where you're standing and stuff like that. Uh, the second mechanism is um, you could say um, time under tension. There's a lot of debate on that, but uh, I'm just gonna keep it simple. So it's mechanical tension, the weight you're lifting, metabolic stress, which is like the burning feeling that you feel when you're doing a lot of reps. So um, training volume in other words, or uh, rep, the repetitions. And the other way is uh, muscle damage. So that's the soreness that you feel the next day from, again, if you do a lot of new stuff or if you've trained really hard the previous day. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also another mechanism that's not yet that much in textbooks, but I believe it will be because there's more and more science nowadays uh, showing that it's valid and even like really big researchers such as uh, Brad Schoenfeld and uh, people in the field start to support it a lot. Uh, and that's mind-to-muscle connection, which in simple words means uh, how can you focus on the muscle that you're training while doing an exercise mm -hmm. and how can you activate it more. So it might, might sound like a, a bit of hippie-ish, but it's not really at all. <laughs> uh, it's basically by using your mind and tensing some muscles uh, you're just getting more muscle fibers to uh, fire up and more uh, neuromuscular pathways to fire up. So uh, I, don't, I don't want to sound too complicated. There's no reason. But let's say you're doing push-ups and you're targeting your chest. Yeah. So you can 
use uh, a whole bunch of tricks to make a simple push-ups, a simple push-up, a lot more difficult and activate your chest muscles a lot more. So for starters, that would be first of all good technique because a lot of people do like a lot of push-ups with a really limited uh, range of motion and bad form, and their shoulders are hunched up, and mm. uh, it looks bad, and it it's just uh, causing. It is causing some muscle growth as well, but it's also damaging your your body, your shoulders, tendons, and stuff like that. So when first of all you start with a clean form, you know you keep your elbows closer to your body, to your ribs, your shoulders back and down, and once you manage to get that right, you can also start putting more weight on your arms. So if you lean a bit forward while doing a push up. Um, for example, a, a classic push-up, in a classic push-up, you can say that you lift about 70% of your weight with your arms because the other 30% is leaning on your feet. Hmm. But if you lean a bit more forward and keep your elbows tucked in, uh, stuff like that, people can find these tips on my YouTube channel. Uh, you can increase that muscle percent, that uh, sorry, that percentage of weight that's on your upper body. Once you get that, uh, once you understand that, you can also start learning how to tense your chest muscles. So how to flex them while doing a push-up. Hmm. And using all these muscle tips, all these mind-to-muscle connection tips uh, is for me another, uh, is a way on how you can use bodyweight training and maximize its effect. So I got started using, uh, working a lot on all these mind-to-muscle connection tips and uh, I started seeing really good results on me, but also on other people. Because a lot of people were training, doing my stuff, and they were saying, I'm not getting, getting the results you're getting. So in the beginning, I noticed that I was doing a lot of these mind to muscle connection tips uh, without realizing it. For me, it just came natural. But a lot of people were just doing like, let's say, push-ups again, which is like the classic bodyweight exercise. And they were just banging out reps and not feeling what they're doing, using really bad form. Hmm. So eventually their shoulders would hurt and they wouldn't get a lot of results. And people would tell me like, I do like 100 push-ups and I don't have half the results that you have. And that's when I realized, okay, people are doing a lot of reps, but they are meaningless reps, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, not just, it's not just about counting reps. It's about making each rep count as each rep as efficient as possible. Um, so that's when I know I realized that I'm onto something because when I started explaining these tips on people, I started getting a lot of feedback and people were like, I've been training body weight for years and it's the first time that my chest is sore again. My uh, back is sore again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's when like a light bulb for me went on. And in the beginning, I was pretty skeptical about it because I'm also pretty... Uh, science guy, science-based guy. I like science. I like having scientific data to support what I do. But there wasn't a lot of research till that, at that point. Uh, but the fortunate thing is the, the moment I started working on these things, like within the next months, new research studies started coming out on my two-muscle connection, supporting it. So like I was, okay, this is not my just my idea. This is not like a placebo effect. This is really something that works. Well, you know, I remember the first time I tried it, I was pretty shocked because uh, I think I was, I could do about 40 normal push-ups, decent form, but fast, like you're saying. And the first time I really tried that slow, just mind to muscle, just focused and squeezing, you know, I think I got 15 and I was exhausted. And I was like, wow, what happened? That's a big drop, you know, it just shows the intensity increase. Uh, so I, I think there's definitely something to it. 
Mm-hmm. Now, what, yeah. what, it's go ahead. To, to set the ego aside because like yeah it's easy to pump your ego by doing a lot of reps and like suddenly you're doing 40 push-ups as you said and now you realize that oh, okay i can do like 14 or 15 push-ups and in the beginning that like that might not not be that uh satisfying to yourself but once you start feeling your body and seeing the effects on your body uh you realize that uh, what you're doing because in the end, your body doesn't understand reps. Like your muscles don't understand reps. They're not like, okay, you did 20 reps, so I'm going to get like 20 point something more stronger times. Your body, your muscles understand muscle tension. They don't understand reps. Uh-huh. So the more tension you produce, that's how they get stronger, basically by damaging muscle cells and repairing them into stronger cells. I see. What rep range do you recommend, you know, for exercises in terms of ideally for building muscle, building strength? So my recommendation is start with every bodyweight exercise you want to use. And first of all, perfect five repetitions, you know, Uh, if you're maybe overweight and you can't do five perfect push-ups, make it easier. Like put your hands on some steps, so make them like more incline and perfect five incline push-ups. As you get better and stronger slowly and you lose weight, uh, perfect like five clean horizontal push-ups. Once that once uh, that gets easier, uh, start adding reps without uh, also losing your form though. So I would say once you have good technique, go all the way up to 15 repetitions. And once you can do 15 repetitions, and push-ups, ah, pull-ups, I would say a bit less, 10 to 12, because it's a bit more difficult uh, exercise. Yeah. Then start incorporating mind-to-muscle techniques into your repetitions. Uh-huh. And after that, once you get that uh, proper, properly done, uh, once you get accustomed to body weight muscle, to body weight to, sorry, to mind-to-muscle tips, uh, just start adding as many reps as you can, but also keeping in mind mind-to-muscle connection. Uh, it used to be the idea that you like you get stronger and bigger between that hypertrophy rate, uh, rate range of eight to uh, twelve repetitions. But now studies show that you can go all the way up to thirty and forty repetitions and gain a lot of muscle as long as you're working close to muscle failure. So uh-huh. if you're doing like 30 reps, if you like reach the end point and you're like, uh, you can do like 29 and you fail, that's also going to build the same amount of muscle that you would do with eight to 12 reps of um, using heavier intensity. It's not what we starting to realize now in research. Well, not me, but the researchers, great researchers such as uh, Brad Schoenfield and all of these guys is that it's not that much about uh, using specific rep ranges and a lot of weight. It's more about uh, working close to muscle failure and uh, also mixing it up a little bit. So, you know, using some lower rep ranges, using some extra weight. If like you reach like a really high plateau, if you train for, if you've trained like for five years consistently with body weight training and you're not seeing any result, results, yeah, you can use like a weighted vest and some things like that. I like to put like slam balls between my leg, weighted balls basically, um, and lift them that way, uh, or move to more difficult progressions. Like after doing normal push-ups, you can start to learn how to do one-arm push-ups, which ah, you know, right. for some people look pretty difficult, but it's all about uh, gradual, uh, basically building it up gradually, you know, using progressions and slow, slowly getting stronger. 
For someone who is just starting, what, you know, what, what kind of core exercises would you recommend that they start with, just for the average beginner? Yeah, so like the, the abdominal crunch is like the typical uh, bodyweight ex- uh, exercise in general people do for their abs. My favorite, especially the last two years, is the hollow body. So a hollow body is you lay flat on your back, you lift your legs in a 90 degree angle, and you start lowering down, lowering them down uh, until your abs start to shake. Now, the important thing here is that you keep your back really tight on the floor. So your back is not creating an arch, huh. it's flat on the, on the floor. Uh, and you can, there are some good tutorials online, people can find those. So mastering a hollow body uh, position uh, for me is the number one exercise for abdominals because first of all, uh, it, ju- it doesn't just work on your six pack like the, the typical um, abdominal exercise that, uh, sorry, abdominal muscle that people are fond of. It also works your core in depth. So it works all those abdominal muscles that you can't see like the transversus abdominus that's like a it's basically they call also call it the gold the the god's belt because it's like a muscle that starts from your spine and it it hugs all your belly to the front Ah. so this muscle when it's tighter it also makes you look a bit slimmer uh it it protects your your lower back and um in general uh, it's one of the best exercises i would say both from health standpoints and also your abs you're gonna definitely feel it on your abs um you're gonna get sore so uh, that's my number one abdominal exercise don't uh, you don't need the crunches you know R- research is also showing that the typical abdominal crunch might not be that healthy for your lower back uh-huh. so i would say work on more functional exercises such as the hollow body once you master the hollow body move on to leg raises again it's very very important to learn how to do these exercises properly because if your back is off the ground if your back lower back is arching you're just training your hip flexors which is a typical mistake most people do uh, yeah that in mind when you're doing these type of exercises always make sure that your lower back is uh, flat against the ground. And you're also gonna notice that when you do that, your your abs will start to shake because it's like, <laughs> now, now we're starting to work properly and we haven't worked that way properly for a lot of people for a long time. So you're definitely gonna notice how much better it is for, in terms of activating your abdominals. Oh, fantastic. Uh, why don't we go to, we got, I noticed a bunch of people are typing questions. Mind if we do some questions from uh, from the live group? Okay, let's see. Um, from Alexi. Hi, AJ and Anthony. I've got a question. How important... Oh, this, is, this is about food. How important is having meat in our meals when you're focused on muscle and low body fat? I'm curious about this because uh, meat has a lot of useful aminos and proteins. So what's your opinion about that? So uh, is uh, Alexa or what was the Alex- name? Alexi. Alexi, so uh, I, I'm not sure if he's asking about do you need uh, to get your protein from uh, from meat or can you use other sources or is meat essential in general? I think is meat, uh, how important is having meat in our meals when you're focused on muscle and low body fat? Okay, so meat is one source of protein. It's like the easiest. It's, uh, it's pretty um full protein because like uh one protein has 23 a full protein has 23 amino acids 
um, when it's high quality. So you you get that from meat, you get that from uh, from eggs as well. Uh, and the other most other sources of protein are they're lacking a bit in amino acids. So for example, if you're a vegetarian. Uh, you can get a lot of protein from uh, beans, from um, tofu, from stuff like that. But you need to make proper combinations so hmm. that you get uh, all the amino acids and like a full uh, profile of amino acids in your bloodstream. Um, so meat is uh, definitely a good source of protein. Uh, eggs, I'm really fond of eggs as well. Hmm. Uh, I eat a lot of them every day, you know. Used to, we used to think that uh, they're bad in terms of health for cholesterol and this and that. But nowadays, research shows that uh, they, they're not uh, bad for actually for your cholesterol. They even improve your good cholesterol, which uh, can help you. So uh, if you don't have like um, a medical issue with cholesterol or if you don't have cholesterol issues in your family, uh, then you you don't have to be afraid of eggs, so you can include them daily in your diet. Of course, I'm I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna talk in detail because I'm not a nutritionist, but uh, definitely use uh, meat is good, eggs are pretty good, cottage cheese another favorite source of mine because it's low in fat and high in protein. Um, and then it's about combination, so your Greek yogurt as well. Uh, there's another Iceland, uh, Icelandic, Icelandic type of yogurt, which is really high in protein. You can find that as well, probably in most places. And then combinations as well. So rice and beans creates a good source of protein if you want something more vegetarian. Um, but yeah, you don't need to eat meat every day. But uh, yeah, it's good to have it in your weekly uh, in your weekly nutritional plan. Yeah, I would say if. If you're if you're okay with the whole ethical side, which is another topic, right. just saying that nowadays people get really pumped up on the internet sometimes when you talk about eating. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. We have Alexander with a question. Let me read Alexander's question. I prefer to exercise at home too. In this case, I can manage my own time more productively. But when you exercise. Exercise like this, there's a probability you will make uh, more mistakes. How can I control myself, my form, during exercise? Should I use a mirror or something like that? Uh, that's a pretty good question. That is like a limitation when you're training at home when you don't, don't have a trainer. Uh, for me, the best option would be if it fits your budget is to hire a trainer, a really good trainer and sit down with him and have him look at you and learn the exercises properly because like even if you know all the exercises properly like even with me uh, you know i'm i mean i know my stuff when it comes to boat weight uh, a lot of times there are like little mistakes that you won't feel you won't see so you it's always better that you have some feedback now what i did in the beginning is i would i used to record myself uh, I used mirrors a little bit as well, with, but it's not that uh, functional with bodyweight stuff because like, you have to put the mirror down on the floor and use it up and <laughs> sometimes you can't see yourself that easily. But uh, I would say record yourself, number one, uh, and yeah. if it's your budget, get a good trainer, uh, definitely something that will help a lot. Great. Okay, next question is from Merrick. How to avoid injuries during exercise? What should be a good warm-up? Yeah. So uh, the typical uh, warm-up is like jogging. Most people are accustomed with. 
which is good. Jogging will increase your uh, body's temperature. Uh, it will wake you up a little bit, but jog what jogging won't do is prepare each joint of your body for your training. So like your shoulders are not going to warm up well if you jog, if you, you want to do push-ups. Uh, for me, the most important warm-up is doing uh, basically I have a routine of um, mobility exercises. So I start from the top, from my head, like you do some left and right and up and downs. And then you start with your shoulders, you do some mobility exercises for your shoulders. Um, and basically find a good mobility routine. I have some on my YouTube channel uh, that will get through your whole body. So you're gonna wake up each joint separately. You're gonna get that synovial fluid moving in your joints, which is basically like your, your joints, that's your joints natural uh, lubricant. Um, and also use some, uh, I also use some other exercises like some scapula uh, retraction and depression, basically like you you lean on the floor and you do some push-ups with your elbows straight. Uh, uh, I basically, I want to make like a, a new video on that, on how to do a really proper uh, warm-up for when training at home or outside. Uh, I should get to that. It's something that's been missing, I think, from my videos. I have one in the past, but uh, I've added some new stuff. So I'm, I'm going to try to make that as soon as possible. But to summarize, uh, my answer is uh, definitely you can jog. That's not bad. You can do some jogging in the beginning. Three to five minutes is enough. Uh, that also depends, of course, on the time and the temperature. So like, if you live somewhere really cold and if it's early in the morning, you're going to need more cardio for your body to wake up ah, more yeah. jogging and more warming up in general. Uh, if you live somewhere very warm and you're training in the afternoon, you're going to need a bit less. So start with uh, some jogging if you want. It's not mandatory. Uh, really focus on mobility drills that go through your whole body. And start with also taking it slow in the beginning. Like don't start doing uh, push-ups till failure. Do like a two sets of some easy push-ups, what I call. Uh, you know, just a few reps to get your joints and your muscles uh, woken up and then gradually go through your program. What, what's your YouTube channel called, by the way? So my YouTube channel is uh, Bodyweight Muscle. I, if you type homemade muscle or bodyweight muscle, you'll find it. But uh, yeah, just type bodyweight muscle and you'll find it. Okay, great. All right, next question is from Cardo. What are the basic machines or equipment for home exercise? Like, what do you need? So, first of all, you need something to hang on, in my opinion. Um, something that you can do pull-ups, or if pull-ups are too difficult for you, something that you can do inverted rows. Uh, my number one piece of equipment are gymnastic rings. Uh -huh. uh, if you train outdoors, you can hang those around different places. Like, you can hang them off the body of a... A basketball hoop you can hang them off a sturdy tree branch you can hang them off uh, some pull-up bars or anything that's stable and safe enough uh, I love gymnastic rings because you can do pull-ups on them you can do inverted rows you know a lot of people do bodyweight stuff but they focus on the pushing stuff and the abdominal stuff and they do any they don't do any pulling stuff hmm. which is important you want to keep your pulling and your pushing exercises in balance so I would say if you train at home, get a, a pull-up bar that you can use and also some gymnastic rings. So you can hang your rings on the pull-up bar and you can also do inverted rows because pull-ups are great, 
they work on your vertical pulling strength, but you also need your horizontal pulling strength ah. to keep things. So uh, for training at home, a pull-up bar and gymnastic rings. For training outside, just gymnastic rings will do. Uh, definitely get started with that. It's like an investment that you won't regret. I have rings now. I have a set of rings that I've had it for five years and I've used it myself. I have my trainees use them. I just got them for like $30 and they're still good. So uh, definitely worth the investment. Fantastic. All right, Evgenia has a question. Uh, another another food question. I was drinking uh, I was drinking dry protein with milk, so like powdered, after each training, but it's not good for my stomach. But it's good for my muscles. Which protein uh, do you recommend? Like which that's not bad for health? Uh, which brand? Yeah. Or do you use a do you use a protein drink? Um, I've used different brands in the past. Uh, what I want to do when I uh, get a protein is first of all search online and see have these uh, brands been tested in uh, labs? Because uh, there are like some labs that take proteins and they test them to see. What are there? Uh, what is in them actually? Because some protein brands say that they have like seventy percent protein in them, and they have like thirty-three uh, percent ah. fluctuations. And uh, some they have even found that some uh, brands c- contained uh, Ill- uh, illegal substances, like more anabolic substances, which is also not good for your health. So uh, make sure that the brand uh, that you find is have, has been tested in labs. Uh, I like Body Lab. This, this is what I'm using lately. The caramel taste is just superb. I love it for the taste. Body Lab. And yeah, Body Lab. And I used to use another one. Uh, uh, I can't remember it. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't want to promote any brands. So just go Perfect. online and see if these, if your brand has been tested. If you have stomach issues that might be due to the the lactate to the the milk products in your protein. So there are also proteins made out of. Uh, other sources like vegetarian proteins you have protein out of uh, nowadays you even have protein made out of uh, pork I think or meat or stuff like that so there's no there are no milk products in those in case that's what's bothering your body so uh, if you don't think it's from the elect from the um, from the milk products if it's like a whey protein maybe try another brand maybe the brand you're using is not good or if you think that it's from that just use another source of protein so there are a lot of different ones you can find. Just experiment with them, and I think you'll find what's good for you. Great. I oh, know this next question is actually it's a very good question. Um, yep. How can I build leg muscles bigger doing body weight without lifting weights? I know that's a yeah. common challenge. Yeah, that's a good question. So um, when I got started, I used a lot of pistol squats. For those who don't know, a pistol squat is a squat on your one on one leg while extending the other leg at front. So everybody was doing it. It was like the really coolest body weight, lower body training exercise. But from the beginning, I, I didn't feel that convenient with it because I noticed that it promoted some things that weren't good for your knees and your lower back. So uh, there is a rounding of your lower back if you do pistol squats, uh, which the only way you can avoid that is if you have extreme, extreme flexibility in your ankle. but we're talking like about levels of uh, gymnasts and uh, people mm-hmm. like that, which most people don't have. Um, so the pistol squat uh, is like the 
the most popular one. I don't use it anymore because I've noticed that it hurts people's knees. Not everybody, of course, but a lot of people's knees and lower back. So I don't do that. And after that, uh, I was pretty challenged to find some good lower body exercises. Uh, what I noticed is that uh, sprinting, uphill sprinting or upstairs running is really good for the legs. Uh-huh. Not something I guess you can do in, indoors, but you can find a hill close to your house or a big staircase that you can run. So these are pretty good for your legs. Like do 30 second sprints on stairs or running uphill. Uh, really good. Still a bodyweight exercise. You don't use any equipment. Yep. Uh, if if you if that's not that possible for you, then uh, using plyometric stuff. So using jumping elements in exercises uh, also really good for building lower body. So lower uh, jumping lunges and burpees, pretty good for your legs, but not the typical burpees a lot of people do, uh, not the burpee with a push-up. It's like doing a strict push-up. I also call these plyo burpees. That's how I named them. You can find them on my channel, um, which means that you do a burpee, but you focus all your strength on the vertical jump. Uh, so burpees, plyo burpees and, uh, jumping lunges, really good exercises for being your lower body as well. Uh, another exercise you can do like indoors. You don't need a lot of space is, uh, the wall sit. So standing flat on your back with a 90 degree angle on your legs, uh, uh, also pretty good. It gets easy pretty fast. So like you can build up to one leg at one minute pretty easily. So after that, what you can do is start working again on your mind to muscle techniques. You can also do them single legged and uh, you can also start putting weight. What I do is like use a, a weighted ball, a weighted slam ball, like 10, 20 kilos. Uh, that's like uh, 45 pounds uh-huh. uh, between your knees and uh, squeezing that ball really hard. Ah, right. Excellent. Okay. So Vladislav here with a comment. See, I guess most beginners need to develop discipline for exercise consistency. If you train at home, it's easier to postpone your exercise. Uh, if If you go to the gym you've paid money you don't want to lose it so you go to the exercise and if you have a trainer you'll uh you won't be late etc so yeah what's your comment about that about having the uh having or developing that discipline so that you do it at home yeah so there's definitely a lot of temptations at home you know like computers next to you facebook and the tv and netflix and whatever it is that uh tempts you at home uh and it's easy to just lie on the the couch um, so that is definitely a, an issue for a lot of people. The way to fight that off for me is, uh, focus on the snowball effect as I call it. So the most difficult part of your workout is the warm up. You know, uh, you, a lot of times you'll notice that you won't be in the mood to train, but like once you start warming up and you get to, uh, through your warm up and you're doing your first sets, it's like, yeah. I'm really enjoying this and I'm so happy I did this and uh, it, it, it feels effortless. So if you get, get that ball uh, started rolling in the beginning, that's the more, most important thing. So uh, one thing that I did at certain points when I uh, came across that issue is that I just tried not to think. Like in the beginning, I just would switch my brain off uh, and just say, uh, I'm just going to do the warm up. And then if I feel like stopping, I'm going to stop. So if you like trick your brain that way, oh. if you say like, I'm just going to warm up and after that I'll do whatever I feel like, uh, like 
99% of the times you get, you're going to get through the whole warm up, uh, through the whole workout and uh, it's going to feel effortless. So it's about that getting started point. Uh, you know, training at home can be an issue. What I also do is I like, I get started with a cup of coffee, uh, put some really loud music on music that I love. Um, obviously if you have neighbors, just use some headphones and, uh, that's what would get me started. And if you find that this issue con uh, continues, I would say uh, start experimenting with training outside, outdoors, like uh, get yeah. some fresh air, some sun and, you know, natural light will also help your body wake up more. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then also a training partner, like training with a friend at his home or at your home or at the playground next to your home, that also helps. And again, like if you want to find distractions, you'll find them everywhere. I find that people at gyms, uh, a lot of times just socialize more than they train. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, socializing is not bad, but um, yeah, <laughs> there, there will always be distractions. Uh, the thing is that you have to make exercise a priority for you. You have to find why exercise helps you and keep that in mind. Hey, you know, I've actually found the opposite. For me, I find it easier to work out at home because uh, for a gym, you know, it's like, okay, I got to pack the bag, get to the gym. Maybe that's 20 minutes or more. And then, you know, into the locker. There's just so much time wasted around it that I would find it would be harder to like, uh, I don't feel like going to the gym. But if I'm just here, I just drop down on the floor and start doing push-ups. I mean, there's no, there, there's none of that. So I, I find it, I think there's the other side too, that if with the right mentality, it's actually easier to do i think yeah you, you save so much time and especially for people who also work at home or the gym is far away like you have a pretty successful online business uh it, it can be such a time savior um yeah i it definitely for me it's it's more po a lot more positive than negative the whole fact that you're in your home maybe for some people i would say that was like an issue that became an issue for me because um, I, I used to work a lot at some point at home on my computer so when i worked all day in my computer at home i noticed that if i had to train at home as well that would be just too um yeah, it yeah. wouldn't help you know, uh, wake up my brain. So then I noticed that uh, going outside is also good for me. So uh, either switching uh, room. So if you work in a room, don't train in that room as well. Train in a different room or try the, the outdoors as well. Oh, fantastic. All right. Next. Um, okay. Let's see if I can pronounce the name. Zibizek. <laughs> I've introduced physio yoga program for my patients in my clinic. I strongly, rec strongly recommend stretching as a main activity for regular people after age 50. Zibiszek from Poland, yes. So what's your opinion on stretching? So um, there's definitely there definitely was a big part back in the time that uh, I was just too bored to do it, too lazy to do it. I'll admit that. But uh, as you grow older, especially, I, will, I don't even say tw 50, I would say after 27, slowly, if you move on to your uh, 27 and your 30s, uh, your body starts to tighten up, like you start losing your flexibility. Yeah. So I noticed that things would be a lot tighter. And that's when I started appreciating uh, stretching. It's like with everything, once you, when you have it, you don't appreciate it, but once you start <laughs> losing it. So I started noticing that uh, typical uh, problems like hip, tight hip flexors, things that's uh, muscles that 
get tighter as you grow older, but also from uh, having a pretty sedentary lifestyle that I used to have nowadays. Uh, I, I'm more and more outside and I'm sitting less. But um, definitely, definitely uh, flexibility important for me nowadays. I stretch every day. The good thing is that I also train people. I do a lot of personal training and I always stretch with them. So either I want it or not, I'm going to stretch like five times a day. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, and uh, but I, I definitely I'm definitely pro stretching uh, like the science on that is still pretty blurry. We're still not sure uh, how much does it help or not. But uh, from my personal practice and from, from what I've seen with people, uh, for, especially for people after their 30s, stretching just becomes more and more and more important. Uh, you don't have to stretch every muscle, you know, uh, but you definitely have to stretch the muscles that get tighter through uh, your lifestyle and uh, the aging muscles. So basically your aging muscles are the muscles that tighten up as uh, you slowly, uh, like if you see like a really old person walking with his cane, you know, you'll see he's hunched up, um, and he's leaning forward, his arms are flexed. So biceps are a muscle that gets pretty tight. Uh, your chest muscles, because your shoulders start to cave in as you uh, grow old. Well, not for everybody, but for people who don't uh, take care of their bodies. Uh, so uh, muscles you have to stretch, definitely the chest, uh, uh, biceps, hip flexors, and hamstrings, really important muscles to stretch. Uh, so at least focus on those every day. Excellent. Bufendra with a straightforward question. How to make big arms and shoulders at home? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't do any isolation uh, exercises. Like I don't do any bicep flexes and stuff like that. Uh, I believe in training your body in a holistic way, uh, training your whole body in every workout. And I've noticed again that uh, your arms will grow bigger um, if you do a combination of exercises it's it's not just about one exercise but it's about a combination so uh definitely do your pull-ups uh definitely do your inverted rows definitely do your dips and your push-ups well, when you combine all of these four exercises uh in your in every workout that's when your arms start to grow uh and that's when your arms also start to grow in balance like a lot of people you'll see there have like a really big bicep but like their, their tricep is lacking. Ah. Uh, and that's just doing a lot of uh, bicep curls. So when you do, when you combine uh, really good pushing and pulling exercises, which for me, the top ones, again, pull-ups, uh, inverted rows, push-ups and dips, uh, that's when you train your arms holistically. And basically that's when you get the, the effect, uh, when that effect builds up and, uh, your arms start to grow bigger. So it's not just about one exercise, mm -hmm. it's about all these exercises. For the shoulders, uh, also work on pike push-ups. So on uh, basically putting your legs a bit higher and doing a bit of a more vertical type of push-up. And slowly on, you can build that up to a handstand push-up, which takes time, but uh, once you get to a point that you can do handstand push-up, that's when your shoulders will definitely transform. That's when I noticed that my shoulders started getting pretty bigger. Uh, the only problem with that is that handstand push-ups are not for everyone. So, you know, it's a pretty demanding exercise, a pretty challenging exercise. 
Um, and you definitely need some healthy shoulders to do it. So if you have like shoulders that are pretty easily da- injured, or if you've had uh, issues in the past, make sure that you work on it really gradually and carefully mm. and do it as long as it doesn't cause you any issues. Great, great advice. Do you have time for a couple more? Yeah, I love these questions. Okay, so great, great. All right, great. Zazlina uh, asks how to start doing pull-ups uh, as a woman. Uh, it's too difficult for me right now. I've always wanted to do this. So that's a great question. Yeah. How do you, if you can't do a single pull-up, how do you get to that first one? Yeah, so pull-ups are definitely more challenging for women, uh, both from uh, a strength uh, reason and an anatomical reason. Like women will tend to be also more heavier on their hips, uh, weaker on their arms. Uh, so that makes it a, much, a lot more challenging. The best way to get started for me is uh, using a band. So get a pull-up band, resistance band, put it underneath your foot. So that way you're decreasing the weight you're lifting. Like you can, depending on how different they are to you, get a band that allows you to do at least uh, 10 pull-ups. So let's say you get started with a 40-pound pull-up band, which means that if you're like, Uh, 130 pounds you're now lifting 90 pounds which makes it a lot easier Uh, and slowly gradually decrease the resistance of your band so once you get um, once uh, 10 pull-ups with a 40 pound band are pretty easy move on to like a 30 band 30 uh, pound band or a 20 pound band and the more you do this at some point you're going to reach a point that you can do your pull-ups without any exterior help and they're just got, like you just get those online pull-up band. Is that, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. they're pretty popular nowadays. Uh, also, thankfully to CrossFit, uh, CrossFit started using these bands a lot to teach uh, people to do pull-ups. So nowadays you can find them almost everywhere. Yeah. Oh, great! That's great advice. Okay, next we have uh, man uh, Leo. Let me see, Leo Bomer. Leo Bomer. Uh, hi, AJ and Anthony. What is when is it better to work out in the first or second part of the day, or does it not matter? And that's a good question. So, based on science, um, it's a bit better to train later in the day because your body is more woken up, more warmed up. Um, for me, the best time to train is the time that fits your lifestyle. So, like, not everybody everybody can train in the afternoon due to work. Some people train at five o'clock in the morning. I've done that in the past when it uh, used to fit my lifestyle and because I used to work a lot. So like if, if you start working, um, if you work the whole day and you're exhausted at the end of the day, if your work is also maybe pretty demanding uh, and you want to train in the afternoon for a lot of people that won't work. So in that category of people, I would recommend training in the morning um basically it's whatever fits your lifestyle so um the other thing is that also your body uh gets used to the time that you train so if you get used to training at 10 o'clock every day you'll see that uh, your body works better at that time of the day uh-huh. uh, if you get training at um let's say an extreme uh, other example at 11 o'clock and at night your body will probably get used to that so uh, I would say find the time that works best for your lifestyle, the time that you see that uh, it's more functional and you'll skip it less, people uh, and things will get less in the way of your workouts. Use that time and uh, and your body will get used to that. 
Yeah, great. All right, Bufendra again. Is rest necessary during exercise? Like, you know, what what kind of uh, rest, I guess, within a workout and then, of course, between workouts? Like, what, what's your advice on rest? Yeah. So, resting periods, what we see from uh, current research is that bigger rest intervals are a bit better for building muscle. Um, I would say that it's using a little bit of everything so using bigger resting periods when your body get used gets used to that making them smaller for a while so i would say just switch it up every now and then uh i never rest less than a minute i'm definitely pro to resting at least one and a half minutes for me uh, i've noticed that women uh, recover a bit faster uh, i don't know if that's because due to the difference that maybe men push themselves a bit harder, but there's definitely science showing that women recover faster from their workouts. So like a woman can train more frequently than a man. Huh. So also keep that in mind. Uh, but I would say keep your resting periods to at least one and a half minutes. You know, for me, when I do like circuits or straight sets, I like to rest at least minimum one and a half minutes and sometimes up to two or three minutes. Uh, what's most important for me is that I, full, I feel fully recovered and like I can hit my next set like really hard and, and properly and uh, um, yeah, concentrated. That's what's most important for me. I see. And then what about um, during the week, so between workouts? Um, yeah, you, right. you do full body workouts each workout? Yeah. So uh, here you also have to look at training volume, which means how many sets are you getting per workout? Because you can do like 20 pull-up sets, let's say something extreme. Yeah. And yeah, you're definitely going to need more days to recover if you did four pull-up sets on that day, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it all has to do with training volume. Uh, I've talked a lot about that as well. I would say uh, that uh, if you have like short workouts, if you do like about four sets per three to four sets per exercise, um and you have you do like about one to two exercises uh, per movement pattern or per body part for example if you do two four sets of pull-ups and four sets of inverted rows these are like eight sets of eight uh, total pulling sets hmm. uh, that's like a medium amount of training volume if you do that you can probably train the next day uh, for most people um, Again, like this is like really generic because we have to see how long have you been training, uh, what's your body used to, yeah. training volume, this, if you're a guy or a girl. But uh, I would say you can train that way. You can train, uh, if you train two, this is my rule, like to make it really simple. If you train two days in a row, make sure that you rest the next day. If you like, if you're a beginner or an intermediate. Uh, if you train one day and you rest the next day, you can easily train the next day and get like three to four workouts per week. If you're advanced, you can also train every day, uh, not every day, six days out of seven every week. I definitely recommend at least one day of the week resting, not only for your body, but for your mind as well. Hmm. Uh, but if you do that, do you can do that for like about six weeks. After that, I would say take a deload week and rest a bit like have a really easy week that you just do two to three workouts, like really small ones. Uh, yeah, so that's my rule of thumb. Again, to summarize it, if you're beginner or intermediate, uh, you can train three 
start with three to four workouts per day, uh, per week, sorry. Uh, if you train two days in a row, make sure that the next day is an off day. If you're a more advanced trainee and you see that training frequently works for you, uh, you can train six times a week, but make sure that after six weeks, you always take a week that you take it a bit easier. Now, uh, for those, because there are also people like training frequency is pretty uh, different for everyone. There are also people that they feel that they, in order to keep their habit stable, your training uh, habit, they want to train every day. So it's like brushing their teeth. If you do it every day, it becomes easier. Uh, If that works better for you, you can do that as well, but just try to decrease the training volume, like keep your workout short uh, and also see how you feel the next day. Like if you feel that you, you're very heavy the next day and you haven't recovered properly, uh, that means that you probably had to do a bit less. So experiment a little bit, find what works for you and yeah, learn to listen to your body, I would say. Wonderful. I have a two more, <coughs> two more questions, and then we'll we'll let you go. Uh, we can do as much as you want. All right, Vladislav again with a nice question uh, that interests me as well. My dad tells me it's impossible to grow muscle after the age of thirty-five. I know this is wrong because I've done it a little bit. What do you think about this? My dad is fifty-three now. He keeps himself in good shape by training, but he tells me he can't grow his muscles. Good question. So it depends. Like if you haven't trained in your life and you start training at 35, you're definitely going to build muscle. If you've been training your whole life since you've been 12, like years old, and you've been training really hard and you've basically reached your genetic potential, pretty much you're pretty close to that, Ah. then yeah, it's going to be quite difficult to build muscle after 35. Uh, it's going to happen probably, but in a lot slower rate. Uh, so it depends. Like if you're like, let's use a, a funny example. If you're like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, and like you've reached your peak potential when you're 35. So you have this amazing body. After that, it's going to be difficult to look better as you grow older. Right. Yeah. Uh, but if you've someone, if you're someone who hasn't trained a lot, or who's been on and off training now and then, um, and you're pretty far away from your genetic potential, then for sure you can build muscle after 35, even after 50. Um, so uh, the, the answer is it depends, but uh, for uh, the, the person that wrote this, uh, I'm guessing it's possible because I'm guessing he hasn't reached his genetic potential yet. Because, yeah, for most people to do that, that requires a lot of consistent training over years. And uh, I'm getting the feeling that this person is just getting started. So, yeah, don't let your dad intimidate you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right, great. This is a great last question, which is not about body weight at all, but it relates to what we do here, which is how did you learn English so well? Your English is really, really good like a native speaker. Yes, it is. So uh, I'm also curious. How did you do it? Okay, so I am Greek, and uh, most Greek people don't talk that well English. Well, they talk, but you can definitely hear the typical Greek accent. Like we call it Greeklish here, the way that the Greek people talk yeah. English. Uh, the fortunate thing with me was that my mother is Dutch, so. Uh, she was more uh, comfortable with English when she first moved here. Uh, and she used to talk some English when I was small. Then my teachers here in, uh, cause I live in a really small town 
uh, and it wasn't that progressive when I was growing up. Uh, my teachers told her that don't talk English to your kid because he's not going to learn Greek that well, which I'm sure you know that's not right. correct, yeah. especially for a kid which is like a sponge and like can learn, can be bilingual or trilingual for for sure uh, if, they're, if his parents do that methodically, teach him methodically. Uh, so I got started with a bit of English from my mother as a kid. Um, the other thing that worked with me was having a girlfriend that uh, spoke. Uh, ah. We can only communicate in English. So I think you'll probably agree that's also pretty effective. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and I also started studying a lot because when I, I moved from Greece uh, to the Netherlands for a couple of years, I was there. I lived there actually for eight years. Um, I didn't know Dutch because my mother didn't teach me because... My teachers scared her off that uh, they didn't even allow her to speak English to me. So I uh, imagine Dutch that would be even more extreme. Uh, the other way that I, I learned my English a lot better was um, so in the Netherlands, I started communicating at first uh, through English with people because uh, Dutch people speak pretty good English. Hmm. Uh, then I started reading in English a lot because the books I could find weren't uh, in Greek. Uh, so I could find a lot of books in English. So I started uh, reading a lot in English. Uh, then I started uh, eliminating subtitles from uh, movies and TV shows. That helped as well. So uh, get a girlfriend that only speaks English. Uh, <laughs> uh, remove subtitles in the beginning from uh, your movies. Um, read books. Definitely it helps. And... Uh, practice as much as possible i would say uh, find ways that keeps you because like if you live somewhere where english is not the the native language or not a common language or not a language that you need every day um just doing it through books won't help uh, find people you can uh, practice with definitely really important Wonderful. Well, hey, this has been really interesting. I can tell just by the questions, everybody was you know fascinated. So maybe we'll have you back again sometime if you're interested, because I, I think we have a huge number of questions. So awesome! Thank you so much for having me on your YouTube channel. Thank you, Anthony. And it's bodyweightmuscle.com. Bodyweightmuscle.com. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Good talking to you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Anthony. Have a good. Day. Okay. You bye too. Bye bye. Alrighty, let's switch my camera here. Well, I'm on here twice. And there we go. Okay, great. I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, that That was fantastic. He is really amazing. Body weight exercise. I've got the bodyweightmuscle.com. I've got it on the screen now correctly. All together, bodyweightmuscle.com. Bodyweightmuscle.com. And uh, wow, just tons and tons and tons of information. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. You all know I've been fasting a lot, so I'm pretty skinny right now. Not much muscle. I've, I've always had kind of a runner's body, so not close to my potential. But uh, we'll be testing that question about age, age and building muscle because um, when I finish my aggressive fasting, which should be another couple weeks, maybe two, three weeks, really get the fat gone, I will be using... Uh, Anthony's programs, body weight muscle. So I will be doing, I, I, I still do it now, not very aggressively, but I'll be doing a little more of an aggressive uh, body weight program to try to build some muscle. I'm not trying to be a big bodybuilder. I kind of more into endurance um, sports like long distance rucking or running, but I do want to just build up some strength and I will be do following his advice as best I can and we can share information about that. So I highly recommend, get his book. Uh, so his website, bodyweightmuscle.com. 
Um, you can, like I said, his first book that I have is called HomemadeMuscle.com. I think he does some kind of uh, coaching. He may do some coaching online if you want to uh, get some personal coaching. Maybe have him design a uh, specific routine for you. You can ask him about your specific nutrition questions, all that kind of stuff. So again, BodyWeightMuscle.com. Anthony Arvanitakis. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And again, I'd like to have him back because... I know you all have tons and tons and tons of questions. <laughs> um, me too, actually. I was keeping my mouth shut, not asking about my personal fitness, but I had—I was really wanting to ask him, oh, I want to do this. How do I do this? But um, maybe in the future we can do that. Now, as always, I will do a follow-up show, at least one, probably a couple, um, about just the, teaching some of the vocabulary. So the vocabulary today, he was using a lot of kind of fitness vocabulary and uh, the names of different exercises, which you might not know. If you didn't understand, don't worry. So tomorrow or the next day, I'll do one or two uh, extra videos where we'll go back and we'll review this interview a bit and we can learn some of the exercise names. And he used some, you know, a little bit, some kind of uh, bio, biology, physiology type vocab, meaning uh, vocab about the body and about exercise and fitness and health. So we can learn some good vocab from that too. He's really excellent, fantastic, thanks so much. Thanks for the great uh, questions um, and comments as usual. And we'll be back again tomorrow. So lots of love to you. So again, uh, let me just one more time promote his website bodyweightmuscle.com bodyweightmuscle.com let's get in good shape guys so maybe you can fast with me lose all your fat and at the same time let's build some muscle and some strength all right lots of love to you as always join my vip program at effortlessenglishclub.com and go there see you next time bye